Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia for this Monday, March 20th in Hong Kong, Sunday, March 19th in New York. And coming up today, UBS buys Credit Suisse in a historic deal worth three and a quarter billion dollars. How will crisis in the banking system affect the Fed as it meets this week? And what's the future of what remains of SVB? Chinese President Xi Jinping beginning a three-day state visit to Moscow. Former President Donald Trump claims he will be arrested on Tuesday. While in sports, Barcelona knocks off Real Madrid in an El Clasico. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, the business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Here are the stories we're following today. Switzerland's UBS buying its main rival Credit Suisse. It's an all-stock deal valued at three and a quarter billion dollars. Let's get the story from Bloomberg's Susanna Palmer. Success for the Swiss. UBS Group agreed to buy Credit Suisse Group in an historic Swiss government brokered deal aimed at containing a crisis of confidence that threatened to spread across global financial markets. We're hearing UBS is paying more than $2 billion for Credit Suisse. It'll be an all-share deal and priced at a fraction of Credit Suisse's price at the close on Friday when the bank was valued at about $8 billion. The plan, struck up in crisis talks over the weekend, had to be done to address a massive rout in Credit Suisse stock and bonds over the past week following the collapse of smaller U.S. lenders. A liquidity backstop by the Swiss central bank couldn't calm fears of problems spreading to the broader industry. U.S. authorities were working with their Swiss counterparts because both lenders have operations in the U.S. and are considered systemically important in Switzerland. And all this ahead of the markets open in Asia for Monday trading. Susanna Palmer, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Well, needless to say, the stakes could not be any higher for the Fed as it prepares for a policy meeting this week. The central bank is caught between, on one hand, high inflation and, on the other, a crisis of confidence within the banking system. Here is Bloomberg opinion columnist Mohammed El Arian speaking earlier to Fox News Sunday. They should do two things. One, they should raise interest rates by 25 basis points, a quarter of a percentage points, because we have an inflation problem Mm -hmm. and we need to get over this inflation problem. And second, they need to remind people credibly, which is going to be hard, credibly, that we have multiple tools, interest rate policy to deal with inflation and other tools to deal with financial instability. Now, El Arian went on to say the worst thing the Fed can do is blink in the eye in front of financial instability. However, not everyone agrees. Former Goldman Sachs CEO Lloyd Blankfein says the Fed should pause here. He spoke earlier with CNN's Fareed Zakaria. I I personally think it would be okay to stop here. It is a certainty that this will, uh, that this situation will, will, will act in a way that's similar to a rate rise in some ways. 
Blankfein also urged protection of deposits at smaller and regional banks. He said consumers may come to rely only on the biggest banks, and that, he said, could lead to consolidation in the financial sector. Blankfein said that that would be a negative development for America's large and growing economy. Meantime, a coalition of those mid-sized U.S. banks, they want federal regulators to extend FDIC insurance to all deposits for the next two years. Now, these banks are arguing the guarantee beyond the current quarter of a million cap is necessary to avoid a wider run on the banks. At the same time, Senator Elizabeth Warren is favoring an increase in the FDIC insurance cap. Here she is speaking earlier on CBS Face the Nation. I think that lifting the FDIC insurance cap is a good move. Now the question is, where's the right number? But recognize that we have to do this because these banks are under-regulated. And if we lift the cap, we are relying even more heavily on the regulators to do their jobs. That is Senator Elizabeth Warren. Now, other lawmakers are voicing a bit of caution. One is the Republican chair of the House Financial Services Committee. He is Patrick McHenry. He is saying that he has not had a single conversation with the White House or the administration about deposit insurance. Brian? Okay, I'm Brian Curtis, along with Doug Krisner, Paul Allen will be joining us. And again, just to mention that the former Fed Bank of Atlanta president, Dennis Lockhart, is with us a little bit later. So, Doug, both the equity and bond investors get killed in this in this CS deal. So the word, word bailout doesn't really have a whole lot of, of meaning. But uh, to a degree, it does stanch the flow of blood. Uh, but I think you have to say, and this is something we can put to Dennis Lockhart, uh, I think we have to say that confidence in both the U.S. and European banks banking system is kind of hanging in the balance a little bit here. And that's even with CS not being the poster boy for what's currently happening. They've been under trouble uh, since the global financial crisis, but it does it does seem to indicate a weakening of confidence. Most definitely. And then it uh, secondarily puts the inf- uh, the inflation fight that the Fed has been having um, basically up for grabs. I mean, whether or not the Fed does capitulate in the week ahead and maybe pause uh, its path of rate hikes as a way of taking some of the stress out of the financial system, I think that's an important question to ask. I think for the market right now to get a sense of what's happening and to begin to evaluate risk where a lot of the banking stocks are concerned. A lot of their pain right now has been inflicted as a result of the drop in their equity, and that has negatively impacted their balance sheet. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see how the banks trade in Europe later and how the banks trade here in the U.S. It was quite unusual, this deal with Credit Suisse, and normally the shareholders are the first to take a hit. Uh, This time it was flipped, and all the bondholders had losses. Uh, It's it's something that angered um, some of Credit Suisse's bondholders, and I wonder whether or not, you know, this is something that when we get uh, bank specialists on, we can talk a little bit about this. It seems like they wanted to ensure that that, uh, everybody paid a price here, both the bondholders and the equity holders. We know the equity has already been down about 90% in the past uh, two years or so. Well, there is that special convertible security. I think the acronym is uh, COCO, C-O-C-O. And it's a part of the additional tier one capital structure. So it amounts to a, a credit instrument that is convertible yeah. into equity. And that is being basically wiped out. I think the value is over $17 billion, But essentially, it also wipes out the equity at the same time. So you're right. There's been a, an enormous amount of destruction on the credit side as well. Uh, 
a lot of sharing of the pain. All right. Again, our guest coming up. But now it's time for Global News. China and Russia getting ready for a big summit this week. Dan Schwartzman has more in the Bloomberg Newsroom. Dan. Yeah, Brian, Chinese President Xi Jinping arrives in Moscow Monday to begin a three-day state visit. Beijing has tried to characterize the trip as a, quote, visit for peace. She will meet with Russian President Vladimir Putin in his first visit to the country since Russia's invasion of Ukraine began last February. The Kremlin says the two leaders will sign declarations strengthening the relationship of the two countries along with their strategic partners. Representative Seth Moulton, Democrat from Massachusetts, has concerns regarding the visit. The reality is that as long as Xi Jinping is aligning himself with autocrats, dictators and war criminals, then he's not being the kind of international leader that he aspires to be. China says they're going to be the next uh, superpower to supplant the United States. I don't think that's true. But if he wants to be, he's got to start acting like a responsible world leader. And a responsible world leader does not support a war criminal's illegal war. Moulton was speaking earlier today on MSNBC. President Xi is expected to hold a video conference with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky after meeting with Putin. Donald Trump claims he will be arrested on Tuesday. The former president calling for protests on social media as he claims Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg will have him arrested. A potential arrest will be in connection with Trump's alleged hush money payment to porn star Stormy Daniels to cover up an alleged affair. Reports say that city, state and federal officials have been meeting in regards to security measures if Trump is indicted and brought to New York. Yonhap News reporting that the leader of South Korea's opposition Democratic Party could be indicted this week. Lee Jae-myung could face prosecution on charges related to bribery and alleged land scandal. Lee denies wrongdoing and says he is a victim of a witch hunt meant to remove the rival of the current president. Prosecutors have been investigating Lee's time as mayor of Seungnam, a city south of Seoul. Protests and strikes continuing around France in response to President Emmanuel Macron lifting the retirement age from 62 to 64. Garbage continues to pile up on the streets of major cities, including Paris, as sanitation workers continue their strike. Macron pushed through his pension reform bill without a vote by the parliament, angering the political opposition as well as people on the streets. The Pentagon revealing that military pilots and ground crew have a significantly higher cancer rate than the general population. In a study of almost 900,000 pilots and grounds crew between 1992 and 2017, the military found that the service members suffered a 24% higher rate of all types of cancer. The study was commissioned by Congress in the 2021 defense bill and will now require a review to see why service members are getting sick. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. I'm Dan Schwartzman and this is Bloomberg. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers, they're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. 
Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. I'm Brian Curtis here in Hong Kong, along with Paul Allen. And we'll get a closer look at markets coming up. Our guest is Dennis Lockhart, Chief Executive Officer at Navigation Capital Acquisition. And again, the former Fed Bank of Atlanta president. Mr. Lockhart, thanks very much for joining us. A lot of idiosyncratic stories here. I'm sure that Credit Suisse is not something that applies directly to the U.S. banking system. But let me just put this question to you. Does the resolution here that we saw over the weekend, does it shore up confidence or just the reverse? Well, I think it should shore up confidence that we don't have a global event developing. As you said, it's not directly related to the United States, although Credit Suisse, of course, has big activities in the United States. But uh, the banking system in the United States uh, is, uh, let's say, affected by uh, problems that may develop in Europe and elsewhere around the world. So, you know, I do think uh, everyone is taking heart on the resolution. How about, though, if you happen to be holding 81 bonds, additional tier one bonds or, or contingent convertible bonds, and this morning you're looking at what you're holding and thinking, hmm, might be time to get rid of those. <laughs> is there still a risk that we could see this spread further? I'm not sure we can know. Um, as, as I look at the, the week coming when the Fed has its two-day meetings starting Tuesday, uh, unlike other situations where I've had a pretty good sense of what they're going to do, this time what I d- really don't know and why, why it's not easy to read uh, what the Fed is likely to, to decide is because uh, we don't really know their assessment of the severity of the financial stability risk they're facing. And that is based on information, much of which is confidential related to individual banks. So unless we know that, it's really hard to tell what they're going to do this week. I think there are two options, 25 basis point increase in the policy rate. That's one option. The other option is a pause. You know, we had a guest on the program on Friday who said, Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, said the U.S. banking system was healthy. So if the Fed pauses, that's a direct contradiction of what the U.S. government is saying. Uh, I scoffed at it a little bit, but does she have a point? Well, I think you have a point, quite frankly. Um, I would expect the Treasury Secretary to speak in confident tones and to try to restore stability by showing confidence in in the banking system. That's what I think anyone would do with her responsibilities. I have to say, I'm I'm worried. I share your worry that the interpretation of a pause could be that the Fed is deeply concerned and uh, that could then uh, lead to adverse circumstances developing we're dealing with market and depositor psychology. It's no longer really related entirely on the, the facts of each bank's condition. I'm wondering to, to what degree the nervousness, the loss of confidence out there, how much of a sort of proxy tightening is that in a way? And could the Fed perhaps structure communications around that as a, as a case for a pause? 
there certainly has been uh, some tightening of financial conditions recently just because of market turmoil. In my experience, it's very hard for the Fed to set policy policy that cannot be or will not be addressed again for another six, seven weeks based on some kind of a minuet with the markets. Uh, the hmm. markets can change very rapidly, and we can see uh, bond rates, for example, uh, and equity market uh, uh, levels move very quickly. So it's just probably not good policy making to try to build your policy decision around recent moves in the markets. Dennis, when it, this got started, really, uh, with Fury was uh, on the Silicon Valley Bank story. And at that point, um, people were making the case that this is an interest rate issue uh, being caught out. It's not really a credit one. But I think now people are making the point that it leads to a credit crisis. Interest rates this high f uh, for this long. Well, certainly, if, if the if the let's say the series of bank runs or the threat of bank runs continues, the whole banking system will be probably uh, preserving liquidity, and that could translate into the, uh, let's just say, the shrinking of credit availability uh, throughout the economy. And the shrinking of credit availability can lead to credit problems, meaning uh, uh, companies that that end up in trouble in some form or another. So it, it, it's very definitely a risk. Um, the you, you referred to Silicon Valley Bank, of course, which is the trigger of all of these events. You know, I think there is a, a reasonable argument that their conditions and their circumstances were quite unique. And therefore, Janet Yellen is is accurate in saying that the banking system overall is quite sound. But can I can I just do a quick follow? Uh, one of the other points made was that pensions and endowments were probably doing the same thing as SVB. I mean, they were loading up on what was seemed to be very safe, long-term U.S. Treasury securities and mortgage-backed securities. And is it inevitable that they have to mark those things down and lose a lot of money? Or are we just thinking, well, they'll hold it uh, till, till maturity? I think that's going to depend on each pension and endowments financial situation and what are the demands for liquidity in the near term. You know, they can, in effect, have bad years and, and uh, survive them. It's not quite like the trust that's associated with a bank. But since you brought up the subject, I think insurance companies have to be added to the mix as well. And insurance companies uh, do have to, to go through some of the same, uh, the same reporting and the same kind of um, market confidence regime that banks do. So there are broad system concerns beyond banks. I would not put pensions and endowments quite as high as I would put the insurance industry. Hmm. So you mentioned a shrinking of credit availability, a general loss of confidence. Are these factors going to be disinflationary? Certainly they could. Um, if the economy slows down, that's disinflationary, uh, and broadly speaking. 
and uh, the the credit is sort of the what should I call it? Credit is the fuel for for the economy, and when it gets withdrawn because of uh, caution on the part of banks, in this case, caution to preserve their liquidity or to make sure they don't overreach, um, you're going to end up with a slowing economy, and that should bring uh, price pressure downward. And so, yes, it should be disinflationary. Yeah, it would certainly seem that the banks will reel things in now. They want to protect their capital, having seen what happens. Uh, and it would seem almost inevitable that they would that they would be lending less. Um, Dennis, thank you very much for joining us. Dennis Lockhart, the Chief Executive Officer at Navigation Capital Acquisition. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal wherever you get your podcast, And watch on Bloomberg Originals, Bloomberg Television, or BTV+.